open with a word of prayer, but we're going to go through this James chapter 2. It actually, um, it kind of goes along with the message that we had this morning. This morning's message uh, was very powerful. I mean, we've had a great day of service all day throughout the day, but that message this morning is still rolling in my spirit, so I don't know. The Lord may have us to do a part two next week, but this kind of actually falls into the same thing. Um, but one of the things that, that we want to do is we want to move forward in our walk with the Lord, and um, I'll show you what we're talking about here tonight. So James chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse number 14. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening and the opportunity to open up the Word of God. Lord, we thank you that your Word is the truth. We thank you, Lord, for that anointing. And Father, we pray that you would anoint the Word to quicken our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray that you would give us an understanding by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. And God, we pray uh, just your blessing over the Word tonight. I ask God that anointing to preach and teach as you desire Lord, we ask for that anointing to hear and receive all that the Spirit is speaking this evening. And Lord, we ask it in the mighty, holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Everybody says, Amen. You know, a lot of times whenever you begin to talk about faith in the church, um, you got to make a differentiation. You know, faith is the, that thing that God desires in your life. Without faith, it's impossible for you to please God. Faith is, is crucial for your walk with God. In Hebrews you know, 11, it says, without faith, it is, it is impossible. So no matter how much money you give to the poor or no matter how many times you go to church, no matter how many good works you do, and let me say it like this, no matter how many theological books you read, if you don't have faith, you're never going to be pleasing in God's eyes. So it comes down to that place to, to faith and trust, and, and faith is just simply believing what God said. And we're going to see tonight, one of the things that God wants to do is, is, is we're going to be dealing with faith, but you, you need to differentiate when we talk about the faith, we're talking about Christianity. We're talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the faith. Uh, Jude says, contend for the faith. Uh, but here we're talking about faith, which is believing what God has said. Um, the book of Romans, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you feel like you're in a place in your walk, maybe today, maybe it's a day by day changing thing, or maybe you're in a season where things are not like they once were. I want to encourage you. The book of Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're not going, you're not going to grow in God outside the word of God. So we've got to get back. We've got to be a peop, the people of scripture. We got to be like those Bereans and go back to the scripture. Amen. Um, but a lot of people say that they have faith and what I find is a lot of people have a concept of faith, but they don't actually have faith. You know, the, you, um, you, you can go and you can buy like a, um, a, a parrot bird or, you know, some kind of animal and you can train it to repeat things after you. Right. And, you know, in the church, we're kind of guilty of that. We can get people to say the right words and, and, and you know, nod their head at the right place and, and shake hands and, and, you know, agree with this and agree with that. But the reality is, is they only have a concept of faith. They don't have a reality of faith. And one of, one of the things that we're going to see tonight is that, that faith is accompanied by works. And I know that that goes against a lot of teachings, um, but we're just going to rely on the Word of God to set us straight. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So James chapter 2, beginning in verse number 14, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? In other words, the, the, uh, the word of God here is teaching us that it's possible for someone to say he has faith, but what shows that that faith is there is there's a demonstration out of it. I believe it was Leonard Ravenhill, uh, who I quote a lot in our church, but he said that, you know, the world is not waiting for a new declaration of the Bible. He's not waiting for a new declaration of Christianity. The world's waiting on someone to demonstrate to them Christianity. The world is looking for someone to actually live 
the Christian life. Not actually just say it in words and in concepts and in mental assent, but actually have the Spirit of God living on the inside that actually has the joy of God, that actually has the peace of God, that actually walks with God and, and knows God in an intimate way. It says in the book of Colossians that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen. That's what the Old Testament saints didn't know. That's what they longed to know. But as we as the children of God believe on Jesus, he said that he would come and make his abode in us. And so we as the child of God, we know it is not a concept of faith or an ascent of faith that makes us Christians, but it's actually Christ on the inside of us. Amen. It is Christ on the inside of us. And so what, one of the things that we're going to be looking at tonight is how God's desire is not only that Christ just live in you, but can I tell you something? That when Jesus was walking on this earth, he was always doing something. He was either praying or he was healing or he was preaching, right? He was always doing something, though. Amen. And if Christ is in you, guess what? He's going to be active. He's going to be active. Amen. So Christ in you is the hope of glory. And, and, and Jesus told Nicodemus this. He said that you have to be born again. You have to be born again. And, you know, kind of the Hebrew goes back to born from above, born from the spirit above. You have to have a new spirit on the inside. You, you can nod your head when the preacher says, nod your head. You can squeeze the preacher's hand when he says, squeeze my hand. You can repeat after a preacher, but if you don't have something new on the inside, if you don't have the Spirit of God on the inside, you're none of His. You have to be born again. You have to have a new spirit on the inside. And, and I want you to know God's desire is to give all of us that new spirit, to give us all that new heart. But not only us, because this is what I want to get into. Um, Another famous preacher by the name of J.C. Ryle, he said that, that, that saving faith is not selfish faith. I want you to hear that. He said saving faith is not selfish faith, but you know what it is? A, a, a saving faith goes out for other souls. Saving faith goes after others. In other words, if you've truly got Jesus on the inside, Jesus is not satisfied with just you being in the kingdom of God. You, you may be satisfied with just you being in the kingdom of God, but God's not satisfied with just you being in the kingdom of God. God wants to save your spouse. God wants to save your children. God wants to save your cousins. Amen. God's not satisfied just you. God's desire is to save all. God, the word of God says God's not willing that any perish. Amen. Very anti-Calvinistic scripture there. God's not willing that any perish. So here we see that, that there's a, some people have a concept of faith, and you see the people that the Word of God's talking about. It says that some people say they have faith, but they don't have works. In other words, they got into a place to where they thought that they were okay because they knew the right words or the right lingo. They, they attended church, or they gave money to the poor. They served in the nursery. They did this, or they did that, and they looked at those things, and they said, okay, I'm good. I'm good, but they didn't actually have an active work of God on the inside. What I want to show you tonight is that, is that faith actually births something in you. True faith will birth something in you to believe God, listen, in every circumstance. Yeah. True faith in you. So you, you, you see, God will birth something in you. You won't need to go back to the Greek or the Hebrew. You don't need to go to philosophy or you don't need to go and learn, do this. It is just simply trusting God. If you know that God is with you, you know that no matter what comes against you, God's going to be there. God's got you. You be very simplistic in your faith. The, it says that the, the, the disciples were fishermen and tax collectors. You know, in, in one of the accounts in the book of Acts, they said that um, they... The, the Pharisees, they saw that they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they could tell that they had been with Jesus. God's just looking for us to have simplistic faith. And God will use simplistic faith because he loves, he loves to confound the wise people of the world. 
He loves to confound the wise philosophers who have the degree. He loves to confound those people with just simple faith. God moves mountains with faith. And I want to tell you something. Even just little faith is still faith. Did Jesus not say it's faith as the grain of a mustard seed, right? Will move a mountain? You know, and, and, and if you say, I just got a little, all I got is just little tiny faith. Faith is faith. Tiny faith is faith. Come on now. Tiny faith is faith. And if you can just get to that place where you believe God in your circumstance, you're going to see God birth something in you to trust him in every situation. Now, let's continue in this passage tonight. It says, now, um, he's given us an example here of, of, of what it is. It's kind of like a parable um, so that you can kind of get this understanding. It says, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. The, the, the example here is if, if we've got a food pantry in our church and somebody says, I'm hungry, and we say, great, now go back home, blessed and filled in Jesus' name. But we didn't actually give them macaroni and cheese. They said, all we did, we, we were just using empty words. There was, we just had a, some you know, weird figment in our mind about faith. Just believe you're filled. When we have the ability to meet the need. You see, and, and, and there's a lot more that goes into that to, to unpack that because for faith to work, faith, God will give you that vision and, you know, you, you, you go out ahead and you work the vision that God gives you and then God will bring people into that place to where they need a jacket or they need food. And now you've got something to give them. But when it comes back to faith, what God's looking for is people to not only have a mental uh, agreement or a mental concept of what faith means, but to actually put it into action. To actually put it into action. Now, how do you put faith into action? That's a great, that's a great thing, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Because if you just ask somebody, hey, how do you put faith in action? And you put the spotlight on them. Everybody says, uh, uh, um, well, I go to church and I, uh, I, I sing in the choir and I, uh, I give, you know, how do you put faith in action? And, and, and faith is just simply trusting God, believing God. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? You remember her? There was no story in the whole Bible where a woman with the issue of blood could go touch the hem of the garment of Christ the Messiah and be healed. There was no scripture that said that at all. She had no scriptural basis for that at all. But you know what she had? That's Jesus. And if I can just get to him, I know I'll be all right. That's what she had. Something in her birthed a need to draw close to God. Amen. And, and so, and, and, and the reality is, is that there's some things that are not teachable. As we talked about earlier today, the Holy Spirit will instruct you in the way in which you should go. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But let me share with you one of the examples I wanted to do, get into tonight in Luke chapter 5. So turn, turn with me over to Luke chapter 5. It's one of my favorite examples of faith. And I believe that you'll see what we're talking about here tonight. We'll start with verse number, uh, let's start with verse number 18. Well, let's start with 17. It says, Behold, it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out. Of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, meaning Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop 
led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. I want to stop right there for a second just for time, but, but this guy was paralyzed, okay? And, and he had to have friends carry him around. And they couldn't get into the place where Jesus was because there was such a crowd around Jesus. And his friends saw that, and his friends moved into action. They didn't say, we'll try again later, or we'll come back next week. They didn't do any of that. They said, there's got to be another way. They knew that if they could get their friend to Jesus, their friend would be healed. It was their faith that touched this guy's soul, not his faith. Because it says, Jesus, when he saw their faith, he said to that man, first he forgave his sin, then he healed his body. Amen. And, and, and that's, you know, a little bit opposite of the way a lot of the faith healers work today because they don't really care about sin too much. It's just about somebody here who, you know, has two eyes and two ears, has a headache, and we want, you know. But, but when Jesus did this healing, he went after sin first and then the body. Amen. But the reason that he did it is not because of the man's faith, but because of his friend's faith. Amen. But see, I want, what I want you to see is that they weren't satisfied having faith for themselves. They didn't have a self-sustaining, self-relying, selfish faith. They didn't have a kind of faith that was just looking for a bigger house. They didn't have a kind of faith that was always just concerned about better clothes. Their faith was, my friend is broken and that's the healer. My friend is hurting, and that's the one who heals. My friend is lost, and there's the shepherd of his soul. They had a, a, a heart for God and a heart for their friend. And they took their friend to Jesus. I want to just drop that there. It was their faith that, that sprang into action. Their faith was not content. To have a concept of Jesus being a healer, but listen to me, they actually brought their friend to Jesus. Get it? They actually brought their friend to Jesus. And, 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 and we could get a little bit crude with it, and we could say literally they drugged their friend to Jesus. And you know what? There's some people that we need to drag them to Jesus. I came to Jesus because my friend wanted to date a girl. I got drugged to Jesus. I did. I, I didn't just go, oh, let me go to church today and just give my heart to God. My friend wanted to date a girl, and I was along for the ride. And then the Lord, the Lord changed my life. But you know what? I thank God that I got drugged to church. I feel sometimes like that paralyzed guy in the bed. I got drugged in, and then God did a work on me. And I want to tell you something, if, if, and, and I want to tell you something, only God can change somebody's life. They don't, they, they don't need 12 steps to this and four steps to that and seven steps to this. We don't need a PowerPoint presentation on how somebody can have a new life. We just need to get them to that cross. We need to get them to trust the Lord. We need to get them to the house of God, get them to God. Amen. Just get them to God. And when we get them to God, God can do what only God can do. Amen. Now, one of the things that we've got to see is the people of God. That's one of the main reasons we've got to be evangelistic. Jesus said, go preach the gospel. But why? Because Jesus is after souls. He wants their souls. He wants them. So God is commissioning us to have faith spring into action, to get birth, to know, you know what? Those people that are not right with God, if they die, they are going to hell. They're not, they're not going to the holding cell. They're not going to, um, to, to just a, an oblivion of, of blissful nothing. They're not going to wherever they want to go to. Those that reject Jesus go to hell. And, and so what does faith do? Faith brings friends to Jesus. Amen. Faith brings friends to Jesus. That's what faith does. And, you know, that's why we've, we've got to go out to our, our, our friends, our family, whoever it is, and bring them to, to the Lord. Jesus said if he's lifted up, he'll draw. 
If he's lifted up, he'll draw. We're not bringing them to a denomination. We're not bringing them to our pastor. We're not bringing them to a conference. We're not bringing them to our pet doctrine. We're bringing them to Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh, who died for their soul on the cross, who rose from the dead on the third day, who said, if you believe in me, though you die, yet you shall live. That's who we bring them to. Because the reality is, if you're in a flesh house, at one day, you're going in the ground. Just like every generation before us had to go in the ground, our generation will have to die and go to the ground. Somebody's going to sing Beulah Land over our grave someday. Amen, unless the rapture happens. But the reality is, is we're all going to face that day. Every person does. And what should faith do? Faith should not look at these people and say, hope you make it. Hope you're filled. Hope you're all right and send them on their way. Faith should give them, just like in the story in in James chapter 2, faith actually gave them food or gave them a jacket. And if we truly care for people, we'll actually give them Jesus. We'll actually give them Jesus. We'll tell them about the man who can heal their body. We'll tell them about the man who can heal their soul. We'll tell them about the man who opens the blind eyes. We'll tell them about the man who causes the the lame to walk. We'll tell them about the man who drives out demons. Amen? We don't... Look... One of the things is, we don't bring people to a demon caster outer. I know a demon caster outer named Jesus. Demons flee at his name. Amen. There's no such thing as a professional demon caster outer. Amen. Don't let people lie to you. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Demons didn't retire just because just because the church took a nap and the church don't preach it no more. Demons are still around. Amen. And, and, and we've got to go about and do the Lord's work in this day and age. People need to be set free. We don't need to say, I hope they get it right. I hope they get in their right mind. I hope they figure it out one day. I hope something changes for them. Look, you know what changes, folks. You know what changes, folks. If Christ in you, which is the hope of glory, is in you, you have the key to set them free. You do. You have the key to set them free. It's just like this food pantry. We've got food to meet the needs, but we're not going to send them away and say, hope you had some good food and not actually give them food. And we're not going to tell people, I hope you get set free when we've got Jesus on the inside. We've actually got to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We've actually got to stand in the gap and rebuke those demons in Jesus' name and they will flee. Amen. We've actually got to preach the gospel to those that are lost and in darkness and they shall be saved. We've got to do the work that God's called us to do. Amen. Let it not be said that we had this kind of of dormant faith that was dead. The Lord said that that is a dead faith. God's looking for us to have an alive faith. Amen. And I, I, I love these guys because I want you to see this man couldn't do nothing for himself. And you know what? When people are bound by demons, when people are, are hurting, when people have confusion or depression or suicidal thoughts, when they have uh, afflictions and, and addictions, they don't need seven steps to this pastor's teaching. You know what they need? They need Jesus. They don't need... they this This guy... This guy didn't need his friends to take him anywhere else except to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And you know what? All we do, we say, hey, I know a man that can set you free. Amen. I know someone that can break those chains. I know someone that can take you out of darkness and into light. I know someone that can heal your body. I know someone that can deliver your soul. I know him. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross. And if you'll cry out to him, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Say, I know someone who can. And I, I, I love the faith of these guys. They said, you know what? We, we're not going to stop at the door. Nobody's going to let us in. And a lot of folks today, they wear their feelings on their sleeves. The first time somebody forgets them or neglects them or don't call them or text them or write them, they get their feelings all bent out of shape. Get over yourself. Amen. You're supposed to be dead to self and alive in Christ Jesus. You're never going to walk the walk that God has for you as long as you're still in your feelings. Amen. Yourself has to die. 
so that Christ can be made right in you. Amen. You've got to come to that place where the old things are passed away and all things are made new in Christ Jesus. Amen. Stop walking in the flesh. Start walking in the spirit and you'll see God use you in this generation. Amen. They don't need, look, they don't need us to walk in the flesh and give them presuppositions and thoughts and deliberations and points and this. They need us to walk in the spirit and lay hands on the sick and cast out devils in Jesus name. That's what they need. That's what they need. And you know what? You know what? God's looking for folks to have a living faith in this generation. God's looking for folks to have faith come alive. Amen. And you know what? God is, God loves it. God loves it when his people believe. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So look, look, these people in the book of James, they had faith in name only. Come on now. Don't don't let it be said of you that you have faith in name only, that you had concepts and you 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 had precepts and you had presuppositions and you had postsuppositions. Don't let it be said of you that you had a concept of a faith that you didn't know. If you know faith, you'll know how to please God and what will please God being like these guys right here. Being like those guys right there, that when every other door was shut for their friend, they didn't give up, but they literally drugged their friend to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you, drag, drag your folks to Jesus. Drag them to Jesus. Look, they, they, don't need, they don't need anything short of the thing, the one and only thing that will change their life. They don't need anything else. They need God. They need God. And God's not going to be mocked. He has no rival. He's not going to allow us to pump up our flesh. There's one thing that God blesses, and it's the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. And if we'll get back to that, God will bless that work. God will bless that work. And if you'll rely on Jesus and magnify Jesus in your life, God will bless that faith. God will bless that faith. I love it because Jesus saw their faith. He didn't say, oh, okay, here's another guy. God sees faith. I want to I encourage you a minute. God sees faith. God sees mustard seed faith. God's, God's looking over the land. He's going to and fro looking for someone who believes, who trusts. And you might say, I, you know, I, I haven't really walked in faith lately. I've been relying on self. And, you know, one of the things, one, one of the most damaging things in the church world today is when folks get religion and not righteousness. When folks get religion and not righteousness, they begin to walk in the flesh. Now it's no more of the Spirit. Now it's no more trusting. Now it's just, well, I checked off that box and I checked off that box. But you see, God saw faith. And when these men lowered their friend down, the first thing it says, Jesus saw their faith. I mean, before he did anything else, Jesus saw their faith. You want to get on God's radar? Start exhibiting faith. Start exhibiting faith. See how far it goes with you if you have the kind of faith that James was talking about. And then you have this kind of faith. See which one God will operate in. Amen. Let, let, let's, uh, let's go back over there to James chapter 2. I hope that I, I forgot to tell you to keep your finger there. I want to get in just a little bit deeper in this. James chapter 2. Going back to verse number 17, we'll pick up. It says, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. In other words, faith that is only conceptual in the mind is dead. Get that. Get that. Faith that is only in the mind that is presuppositional is dead. Faith without works. Faith will compel you to do something. 
Now, what that is, 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 is changes. But faith will compel you to do something. And let me say it like this. Abraham would have exhibited more faith in, in not having Ishmael. But he lost faith, and he started putting his hand to something. Instead of just trusting God. Amen? But then he got it right. Because there was a time that God said, now that you have your Isaac, I want you to give him back to me. I want you to, and, and God called Isaac your only son. He said, I want you to give me your son. I want you to give me your son. Amen. This is the promise. This is what I've always dreamed of. This is like some people I, I know at some churches, they, they, they use faith like a genie so that they can get what they want out of life. They're still in the flesh. But they, oh, I need that job. I need that house. I need that. I need that thing. I need that thing. I need that thing. And then when you get that thing, God may ask you, will you give it back to me? I gave you that job or I gave you that house. Now, are you willing to put it back on that altar for me? Are you willing to walk away from it for me? And most men and women of God that have been great for God, that have done great things, have had to walk away from, quote, blessings. It says, even in verse 17, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. <laughs> you got the right presuppositions. I think James, is, if we would say it like this, thumbs up. Thou doest well. You get a thumbs up for believing in your presupposition. Even the devils believe that. You don't think that the devil don't know the gospel? You don't think the devil, he could describe the throne of God better than anybody that has these dreams they sell on, on TV for $20. He could tell you about the throne of God. He could tell you about the dimensions. He could tell you about the beautiful colors and the wonderful sounds. He could tell you about the one true God. But he don't love him. He don't love him. He loves self. He loves self. So a, a, a mental, conceptual faith, James is telling us, is, is dead. It's got it's to change us. It's got to produce something in us. And I, and, and I believe, like I told you, that, that Brother Ralph said, you know, true saving faith is not selfish, but it actually seeks the souls to be saved of others. If we truly have faith, we're going, we're going to be doing what these guys did in Luke 5. If we truly have faith, we're going to, when we see someone with suicidal thoughts, we're going to pray and cast those demons out. When, when, when we see someone with addictions and afflictions, we're going to pray and bind those things in Jesus' name. When we see someone sick, we're going to lay hands on them in Jesus' name and they shall recover. We're going to operate in the Spirit as the Spirit bears witness and leads and guides us. Amen. That's what we're going to do. But, but if, if we don't have that kind of faith, it's just conceptual. And I believe many in the church world today have a concept of faith, but not the power. Not the power. Amen. And we're going to get in that. Don't worry. We're going to get in that. Is, but it says um, that the devils also believe in trouble. But what will thou... But what, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. We'll stop right there. I want you to see that it was... What, what really got God's heart with Abraham was that Abraham actually went through with giving his son back to God. God wasn't going to have him go all the way through. God just wanted to know, would you go all the way through? 
God will never ask you to do something that he won't do. God asked Abraham, give me your only son. God gave us the only son. Amen. God's never going to do something, never going to ask you to do something that he won't do himself. And so here, God is, is showing us that it was that moment. What really got to God's heart was not when Abraham mentally assented, but when he actually acted. Come on. Not when he mentally assented, but when he actually acted on his faith. That's when it sprang into action. Can I tell you, there's people around us that need us to actually act in faith. Come on. I know people that will read books about casting out demons that will never cast one out. I know people that will go to conference after conference after conference, but they'll never walk in the Spirit. Amen. I know people that will sing about the joy of the Lord that don't have it. I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. I mean, bored to death singing the God that created them. I know people that will worship God but, and, and talk about the joy of the Lord, but they don't have it. See, what changes things, guys, is, is not when you mentally assent about what faith is, but when you actually have an active faith in your life. When you're, actually, when you're actually walking with God. And what that equates to in our life is actually obeying God. Going and doing what he says to go and do. Love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor. Go preach the gospel. Pray without ceasing. Walk in the spirit. Amen. All these things that God tells us to do, we have the word of God for a reason because God wants us to grow in our faith. But so many people are content to have a concept of faith and not know God. And not know God. Understand that it's a dangerous place to be in. It is a very dangerous place to be in. Um, let me show you something in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's go over there to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Just back, back up a few pages. Back up a few pages. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. If, if, if there's a, 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 you know, powerful letter, this is one of the most powerful letters in the Word of God. Paul here is writing to Timothy. And let's pick it up in verse number 18. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, let's pick it up in verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them... Midas war a good warfare. Let me stop right there. Faith fights. Faith fights. Faith will fight your flesh. Your flesh will fight. And if your faith don't fight, your flesh is going to win out. Faith will believe. True faith will overcome feelings. Everybody's got feelings. Everybody's got fear. Faith overrides them. Everybody's got feelings. Everybody's got fear. Faith will override them. It says, how do we know that? By default, the things of God are greater than the things of the flesh. It says in Galatians that if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, whenever I first got saved, that was like hitting the jackpot for me. I didn't need a house, a car. I didn't need, I didn't need a white picket fence. I, when I saw that verse, I freedom. I don't have to be bound by my flesh one more day. All I've got to do is walk in the Spirit, and I will never, I don't know about you, but never means never in my book where I'm from, I will never fulfill the loss of the flesh so long as I walk in the Spirit. The opposite is true, though. If I don't walk in the Spirit, guess what? I'm going to be filling up. I'm going to be filling up on the flesh. Amen. And the wages of sin is death. I'm going to be destroying myself or people that I love. I'm going to be destroying something. But that promise is so beautiful that if I walk in the Spirit, I'll never, I'll, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
That was, that was just like hitting the jackpot, but I, I just, it just springs on me because it says that we're called to war a good warfare. The reason that Paul was telling Timothy this is because I want to just tell you, faith is a fight. There's a war. There is a war. And look, it, and don't get selfish. Let, let's get off of self. Don't get selfish. People, you, you may be okay, but there's people around you that are getting hit after hit after hit. There's people around you that are drowning in depression. There's people around you that have no hope. Look, if you put your hope in politicians today, where are you at? You put your hope in the 401k, it's blowing up in your face. I mean, you put your, your hope in, 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 in the things of this world and it's going to come crashing down. People today have no hope. There is a war going on. And you have Jesus on the inside. There's a war going on. In other words, they're like that lame, impotent man that we read in Luke 5. They can't get anywhere. They're stuck. They're just stuck. You have what they need. You have Jesus. Take them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. Amen. Take them to the, tell them about the man that loves them. Tell them about the man that died for them. Tell them about the God that became flesh for them. Tell them about that incarnation. Tell them about that cross. How they, He could have come off that cross. He could have called down 10,000 angels. He could have called down legions. He could, have, he could have snapped his fingers and they all would have been annihilated. Bigger than a nuclear bomb. He could have done anything, but he chose to ride it out for the joy that was set before him. That's, that's our God. That's our God. He knows about suffering. You, you, you think you know about suffering. He knows about suffering. He knows it. Amen. He's a good God. You can come to him. He's a, he's a gentle shepherd. But it says that these things, these prophecies, and that's what prophecy does. Prophecy will, will t- testify about the things to come and, and, and what God's doing. And, and we believe in words of prophecy. You know, we're, we, we, we don't believe that the Holy Ghost is retired on the beaches of Jamaica. We believe that he is still working today like he started his work on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Hallelujah. We believe in the continuation of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and he's still working and prophecies are still going. Why? Because the war is still raging. The war is still raging. The devil didn't give up after Pentecost. Neither did God. Amen. It's the devil that lies to folks to get them to not operate in the Holy Ghost power. What better lie could the devil come up with than to get people to not walk in the power of the Holy Ghost? The, the reason that the Holy Ghost came was to empower you. And when the devil says, oh, he's not for you. Well, okay. You don't have any power. What kind of war are you going to be warring without any power? But these prophecies went forward so that these people could know the power of God. So that they could know that God is real. That God knows them. That God's active in their life. That they can be set free. They can be have those chains of addiction broken. They can have those demons cast out. God is still operating. So those prophecies went forward so that you would know how to war a good war. Amen. So that you could fight a good fight. God's called you to the fight. Amen. And it's not your ability. It's about you knowing God. It's about you operating in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, now faith is a fight. Another letter, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight. It's not a, it's not a beautiful rolling field of lilies. Faith is a fight. You got to, one of my pastors said, he, he, you know, some days he wakes up and he's got to remember, you know, am I saved? You know, some days you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Feelings will lie to you. Faith will endure. You've got to get to that point to where you trust God, not your feelings. Amen. And the more you use that faith muscle, the stronger it gets. But it says that, you, that he's called, he did this prophecy so that they might war a good warfare. Now, now watch this. Verse number 19. We're going to read 19 and 20. 
It's, well, let me just back up. It says, I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. I want to tell you something. They stopped holding faith. They had it. You, 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 can't, you can't stop holding something you never held. Come on now. You, 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 you can't walk away from something you never had. You can't shipwreck something you don't have. They had it. They had faith. They, they, they knew God. They knew of God. They were disciples of Paul. They had faith, but they stopped holding it. They stopped holding it. Now, the word holding, and you don't need a dictionary, you know, when you come to our church, but the word holding just simply means continuing. Like if, you, if you're climbing up a rope, you better hold on. <laughs> if you let go, you're going to go all the way back down to the ground. Remember in PE class, when you climb up that rope, you got to shimmy up the rope. You, you, you got to hold on. That's what faith is. You've got to hold to faith. You've got to continue in it. When you stop operating in faith, can I tell you a secret? You might stop operating in faith, but the devil don't stop fighting. I'm tired of going to church. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. Stop doing it in your own strength. Stop doing it in the flesh. You, if, if you're tired, if you want, you're doing it in your own strength. Because last time I checked, Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There you go, church. Amen. It's not about our strength. Amen. It's not about our ability. It's about coming to Jesus, and I'll give you rest. I want to I tell you something. If you try it in your own strength, you're going to let go. If you try to climb up that rope. In your ability, you're not going to have enough strength to hold on. It's about you putting your faith in God. It's about you putting your trust in him. It is about him setting the captive free. It is about him saving souls. It is about him healing the sick. It is about him taking people out of bondage and out of darkness and into the light of Jesus Christ. It is about him changing lives. It is about him setting the captive free. And, it, and look, last time I read too, the battle belongs to the Lord. We just, in, we, we, we just soldiers. The battle belongs to the Lord. When you fight, the battle belongs to who's got the most guns. Who's got the biggest army. But when it's spiritual, the battle belongs to the Lord. It don't matter who's in the army. All I know is I want to be on the winning side. I want to be on the Lord's side because the battle belongs to him. Amen. So there's a lot of people that are in a battle today for their soul. This guy that we read about in Luke 5 was in a battle. He couldn't get out of the bed. He couldn't walk. He needed someone to take him to Jesus. I want to tell you, there's a lot of folks around you impotent. Maybe not in body, but in spirit. There's a lot of people that are, that are paralyzed because of demon activity. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about they can't move forward. They can't, they can't, they can't function as a, as a spouse. They can't function as a parent. They can't function as a grandparent. They can't function in society today. They're fearful of the stock market. They're fearful of the, the politicians. They're fearful of the Chinese. They're fearful of the Russians. They're, they're fearful of coronavirus. They're feel, fearful of this and fearful of that. And they can't operate anymore. They're stuck. They're stuck. I don't know who can heal them. I know who can heal them. I know who can heal them. And, the, and, and like Jesus said, he saw their faith. If you, if you will get that down in your spirit and say, I know who can heal them, God will see your faith and do something for them. Tell me God didn't do it for that guy in Luke 5. 
He healed that man because of his friend's faith. God can set your people free in your life by faith. Your faith. Will you dare to believe God? And, 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 and look, don't get selfish now. Because you, you may be on the right side. You may be on the winning side today. But there's people that are drowning. I remember what it was like to have no hope. My favorite holiday was New Year's Eve. You know why? Because I thought maybe this year everything's going to go better. Maybe this year everything's going to go better. And you know what? Every year the toilet bowl just kept going down. It just kept getting worse. Worse, worse, worse. But every year I had that hope. This year's going to be different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a new haircut this year. I'm going to get something different this year. Nothing ever changed until somebody drugged me to Jesus. Nothing. I want to tell you what people need today. They don't need us to philosophy and, 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 and tell them about our concept of God. They don't, just like in James, they didn't need people to say, you know, I, I know that you need a jacket and I hope that you're warm. They need us to actually put a jacket on them, actually give them food, actually take them to Jesus. That's what they need. Amen? And if you'll, if you'll do that, I believe God will see your faith and God will do something for them. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you this evening. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for the spirit of God. And Lord, I pray that you would bless the, the, the preaching, God. Bless that word of God. Let it be, let it be sealed in our heart, Lord. Let it yield a, a heavenly harvest in us. Lord, I pray that you would compel your church, compel your people, God, to believe, to believe, to stand in faith, God, for those around us, those that are indifferent, those that are cold and complacent, those that are, that are dead in their sin and trespasses, those that are bound by afflictions of the flesh, those that are bound by demonic activity. God, we thank you that the battle belongs to you. Lord, I pray that you would bless, bless your people, God. Give them, give them, Father, that, that, that stirring of the Spirit this night, God. Lord, as we open up these altars, I pray each and every person that comes, Lord, I pray that you would just bless them with the, with the mighty refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for this time, Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen, amen, hallelujah. We're going to open up our altars right now and give you an opportunity to respond to God. It is, it is by faith that God operates, and if you're willing to believe, God will work in your life. Without faith, it's impossible to, to please him, so please him. Put your faith in him, amen. Put your faith in him. Watch what he won't do, amen. Amen, altars are open.